0: Elvis,
1: Elvis, 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 is back in Hawaii, and it's the most Hawaii movie that ever Hawaii'd. You'll never see more Hawaii than in this one. Welcome back to Elvis oh, Left the Movies.
0: <laughs> nice opening, Matt. <laughs> Jesus.
1: Thank you. That's got to uh, be the I'm most that.
0: intense opening.
1: <laughs> and uh, as I'm always, Morgan. Joined by Morgan. Yep. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> We're here to talk about the final conclusion to the three Elvis movies that hawaii Elvis, that Elvis hawaii
1: Aloha, everybody. <laughs>
0: <laughs> A fucking aloha.
1: It's movie number 21.
0: Yeah. Welcome to the 21st century, where we talk about the 21st Elvis movie. <laughs> <laughs> And let's just get into first impressions right away because I have some things to say about this movie.
1: You should go first.
0: Okay, this movie's confusing. <laughs> Is it canonically the second installment of Blue Hawaii? Because he comes back to Hawaii, he has the same job. I'm pretty sure the same chicks are there, but they're just done by different actors.
1: No. Like even I know like technically <laughs> in our head canon you can say maybe but cuz like the- yeah we do we, I think we only get like one retur- like main person that returns from a previous gotcha. Elvis movie and it, so, and it might in fact okay. be the biggest gap between appearing in an Elvis movie once and then coming back for a second go at it
0: okay all right we'll get into that yeah uh, this movie was dumb and i did not like it and i am i don't know man i don't know what i'm expecting at this time like <laughs> i know what these movies i don't are know what you're point. expecting i either. don't know i just it's just it's just a lot okay it's just a lot although i will say and you'll know this does does elvis actually drive the helicopter In this movie?
1: Almost guaranteed no. Every time he's taken off, that's a such an obvious like pilot person, like stunt person.
0: (laughs) I mean I, I knew there was some of it that I was like, Oh, that's obviously there's no fucking way that Elvis is that good at flying a helicopter, but I was hoping maybe that he had flown the hell like at least been given some lessons or something.
1: He don't got time for that.
0: I was literally watching this movie, being like, yeah, this movie's shit. At least Elvis is cool though. Look, he can drive a helicopter and a tank, and he does karate. That's pretty cool. But what you mean to tell me is that he doesn't actually drive a helicopter.
1: But he can drive a tank, and he can do karate. So it's two out of three.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Two out of three is still only sixty six percent, and we know that's a C plus at best, right? And he
1: can sing eleven mediocre songs. <laughs>
0: And you can do a really good job of it too. So yeah.
1: He's yeah, he's at least relatively more engaged looking in this. Yeah. Like I said, I think Harem Scarum was like the lowest point where he was just completely checked out as much as we were checked out. But at least here he's like smiling and he's back doing his thing. Yeah.
0: I think maybe he just actually likes Hawaii. I think Elvis just actually likes Hawaii.
1: (laughs) I don't blame him. Like I said, I was at the top of the episode, I'm talking about like this movie is like It's beautiful. 50% travelogue They're just showing off all this, the aerial footage, and it's gorgeous. gorgeous.
0: It's so fucking gorgeous. Like, they're flying around in this helicopter, looking at these, like, magnificent falls and secluded coves and all this nonsense. And I'm like, oh, shit, maybe I do want to go to Hawaii. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But no, I have a rule that I don't go to any place that's been colonized by the British.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's That's a pretty good rule. Yeah. So this is 1966's Paradise, Hawaiian style. What a dumb fucking name. Paradise, comma. Hawaiian style. I'll give you some alternate titles right off the bat. Let's just get those out of the way. Yeah. Originally, they were going to go with Hawaii USA.
0: Okay. Yeah, that's kind of Which is
1: yeah. part of this, the, the refrain in the song, the title song, Paradise Hawaiian Style. Yeah. They were also going to go with, watch out, Hawaiian Paradise. Ooh, changing it up. <laughs> or the third option was Polynesian Paradise.
0: Oh, that would have been nice.
1: There's a little like, card at the end that's like, thank you to all the, the Polynesian people.
0: Oh, that's nice.
1: It just kind of pops up. Right, right, I wonder the if
0: end. they got yeah. paid for it.
1: I would <laughs> assume, because the amount of play, like I said, that we at just Poso. like, we ditched the plot or any of our main characters for just like the locals doing yeah. cool dances and singing and- Yeah, Hawaii is fucking really pretty. So it's Paramount Pictures. Yeah. Which they're the ones that are putting in the money. You could tell this is like a bigger budget. Yeah. Thing.
0: I was going to say, you could tell I was like, oh, they actually like wanted to throw some cash at this again, which is kind of nice. When
1: Halby Wallace is in charge, when he's producing, he's like- Give me a few extra bucks. This is an Elvis picture. I'm going to make it look yeah. good.
0: Yeah, I noticed that Halby Wallace was back. Mm-hmm. I saw that.
1: Well, let's yeah, let's get into just the, the technical people sure. before we even talk about the plot. Yeah, okay. I'm going to work my way up to the director. It was a little oh, surprise. Oh, all right. Ooh. Yeah, oof, what's going on? We're just oh flying by the seat of our pants.
0: <laughs> nah, Jesus.
1: So the writers, it's Anthony Lawrence. This is his second of three. He had done Roustabout, Oh. And then this one, and then one future one. Oh, okay. And also, he's the one who wrote the 1979 TV movie directed by John Carpenter starring Kurt Russell, Elvis.
0: Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Then the other guy. You know what's interesting about this guy, though, Anthony Lawrence? He's a guy so nice they named him twice. They sure did. (laughs) I'm sorry. Okay, let's just move on. Who's the second writer?
1: Well, the co writer, and also he gets the story by. It's Alan Weiss. Once again, this is his fifth of six movies. We got one okay. more to go for him. One
0: more and then he's done. So it sounds like all these people are kind of like the, like the main elvis crew of people are starting to like drop off you know
1: yeah they're they're all getting fed up with it just yeah, as there's much as like elvis a, is. there's
0: like a springtime elvis movie set there's a summertime elvis movie set now they're wilting away and in our last 10 movies we're gonna get the fall time elvis movie set we'll be more aged have more flavors
1: we get a new cinematographer though No, oh, yeah w wallace kelly
0: w wallace kelly that's too many names what if his W and his first name was also
1: Wallace? Hey, Wallace Wallace Kelly. I didn't I didn't <laughs> double check, so is. let's just say it is
0: Wallace Wallace Kelly.
1: He did the cinematography on 1963's The Nutty Professor, mm. and the 1965 movie The Family Jewels. Oh, which we'll get to later because someone from this movie was also in that, and also, more importantly, we'll really get to later a 1967 movie called The Fastest Guitar Alive.
0: Oh, okay. I I think I remember hearing about that. Yeah, I told you about it. Oh, okay. <laughs> Off mic. But, but, oh, so. I see. I see. I this, the fans are like gonna eventually find out that I have like zero capability in retaining information. Like, this is basically just Matt listing out facts that I already have been told, and me being like, "Oh, I never heard that before. That's so <laughs> interesting."
1: <laughs> so now let's get to the director. Okay. Did you recognize or did you see his name when it came no. up? No. It's. Michael Moore. Oh, not I did confused. see that. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I did. I did see that. I was like, Michael Moore. Not surely not Michael Moore.
1: <laughs> no, like, not documentarian Michael Moore, famous yeah. for you know Fahrenheit 9/11 and. Yeah, and bowling for Columbine. Bowling for Columbine. That. Yeah. No. So th- uh, subsequently, this guy would be credited as Michael D. Moore. Yeah. Oh. This guy was born in Vancouver, British Columbia.
0: Oh, that's where Matt lives.
1: <laughs> that's where I currently reside.
0: That's Matt's stomping ground, as we say here in Ontario.
1: So this was his directing debut.
0: That's sad. But no, 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 it's not sad. I'm just being mean.
1: (laughs) But surprise, he's actually been working the scene in the background through many, many Elvis movies. We never brought him up yet because he's an assistant director. He's a second unit director. Oh. And he worked on King Creole, GI Blues, Blue Hawaii, Girls, 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 Fun in Acapulco and Roustabout. Holy shit. So then he finally, now he hit the big time. Let's put him in the lead. Let's put him in the hot seat. And he gets to be the director. And it's directed pretty well. Like I said, it looks nice.
0: I thought I was going to say there was some nice framing techniques using like foreground, background, middle ground. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, there was some shots that looked like they were like given to a thumbnail artist. And then that thumbnail artist was like, I'll fix your composition for you. And then they handed it off back to the director. And the director was like, yes, that's very good. Thank you. And then they went and set it up. And then they shot it that way so that it would look the same way that it looked in the thumbnail the guy little drew a little picture of for him
1: the magic of movie production
0: yeah crazy stuff
1: so yeah as a second unit slash assistant director 91 credits as just a director director 10 wow starting here and then the following year this is where we get to the fastest guitar alive okay from 1967 this is the movie where they try to make an elvis movie without elvis as a star vehicle for roy orbison see and i watched it
0: i see how this happens and it's very weird okay you want to tell us a bit about that movie? i will we're gonna do the tangent
1: right now get it out of the way this is the mini review for the fastest guitar live from 1967
0: i forgot it was called that that's why it sounds familiar okay go ahead so who is roy orberson first of all for the children do you want to take that uh roy orberson made music back in the like time of elvis i think he was known for like um well was he a folk singer or was he? A... He sang.
1: He sang "Pretty Woman." He sang. Yeah, you know he had some hits.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: They were within marginally the same circles, and he was actually only a year younger than Elvis.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna so around the same. I'm gonna call him like American singer songwriter genre. That's the there was a genre in American music that was like just Americans like being like no 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 I made a little song just sounds like boop, boop, bo bo yeah it's got a guitar in it maybe some drums I sing. That's what it sounds That's That's what Roy Orbison so, sounds like.
1: Allegedly, according to my research, this was a script that was written for Elvis or with Elvis in mind okay. that he rejected like 10 years prior.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: And then this was produced by Sam Katzman, who had produced Kissing Cousins and *Harem Scarum. So hmm. that's a mark of quality right there. Yeah. Yikes. And so he's looking around at old scripts or something and he's like, oh, let's polish this one off. And uh, we can't get Elvis, but let's try to make a star out of Roy, know, Orbison. Roy
0: Orbison. By the way, Roy Orbison, like, he's not America's sweetheart or anything either, is he? He's not a no. very, like, ladies man. So,
1: like I said, they literally, th- and th- they didn't change anything to cater <laughs> to him as his personality.
0: That's so strange.
1: It's pretty much just an Elvis movie, but with Roy Orbison, and it's so fascinating. It's not a good movie, but I was, like, glued to it the whole time. It's, like, 90 minutes, Yeah. and I'm like, this is so weird
0: i bet that sounds like a fever dream yes oh you know what this is like this is like in fun in al Capulco, where there's like an actual shot of a diving board and elvis is that diving board and the roy orbison movie is the, is the photo of, of, the of the diving board, diving board? <laughs> in the
1: office <laughs> um, did i did i sum it up yeah no pretty good <laughs> This is Roy Orbison's first and only star vehicle. Good. Apparently they actually were so confident that this was gonna work that they signed him for a five film contract, but this movie bombed so hard that he just killed his career entirely.
0: Holy shit. <laughs>
1: Crashed and burned. <laughs>
0: well, that's what happens when you make shitty movies about shooting up the natives. Yes, nice. there are
1: there are bad Indians in this movie. Yeah, They're that's like not nice. literally comedic buffoons and like the, the chief is played by just some white comedian. Yeah so sad it makes flaming star look like dances with wolves or something like it's
0: <laughs> <laughs> jesus they're oh doing like <laughs> they're making
1: jiffy pop over their fire at one point and they're like oh. and there's a part where the chief is like putting on his war paint but he just puts a bunch of paint on like a skin and then he like rolls in it oh. it's like anyways okay <laughs> that's not important yeah what's really the important, important part is that the twist though that really puts this movie over the edge is that Roy Orbison has a guitar that there's a little switch you flick and there's a secret gun inside the guitar. That's so
0: fabulous. I love that. I know. I I, I love that unironically.
1: That is if if only oh man if they could just It was
0: real. When I imagine that very famous photo of I can't remember who holding his guitar that says this machine kills fascists, that's what I picture in my mind is that the guitar is going to turn into a gun and he's going to start could do shooting it Nazis yeah. with it. Yeah. Sadly that didn't happen. It didn't... What did happen, Matt?
1: Yeah, Robertson uses it a few times. He can, they make they make a point of saying he can never hit anything with it. <laughs> That's like the the running joke. <laughs> That's
0: kind of funny. There's
1: a part where there's a dude, because obviously they're on the run and people are looking for him, but they're like a traveling troop. They're selling magic elixir, you know, peddling some snake oil. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, and yeah. And then
1: in this other town, these dudes have been warned that to keep a lookout for him and this, they send out like the deputy to scout the place and then they, he f- stumbles upon them and then Roy Orbison takes, he like, pushes the little switch and the little and it does like the like the guitar slide sound every time like oh, okay. the gun barrel comes out and he shoots and it knocks the dude's hat off hmm. and then he's like don't move mister i can kill you and play your funeral march at the same time with this thing
0: <laughs> it's really dumb yeah
1: even elvis can sell these no, lines yeah. but roy Arbison is so, no elvis and so, so it's very the point
0: weird. is like now we know what happens when you try to make an elvis movie and you forgo elvis yes it's a mistake You shouldn't do it.
1: You can only do as much as is possible with the material you're given.
0: It's true. I'm sure... Yeah, I'm sure if these guys had been given a fair shake at creating a movie that was actually good they might have been able to do it but unfortunately for them they got stuck with the elvis movies yes so they got to make their best we're gonna okay
1: i've already gone long enough on it you know it's it's not good so Let's, let's
0: go let's go let's go
1: i'll just say that the legacy that's left behind the only reason this has all been worthwhile i guess that this movie even exists yeah is because one of the songs that was on the soundtrack for the fastest guitar alive but that did not get included in the movie is there won't be many coming home which was featured at the end of Quentin Tarantino's The Hateful Eight. He repurposed it.
0: Oh, interesting.
1: And that song is great. It's a really good song.
0: Okay.
1: None of the songs that made it into the movie are worthwhile. Also, that makes (laughs) sense because that one's so different. Like, It's much more like a ballady kind of thing, whereas these ones are kind of like rock and good time songs. Yeah. Oh, no. I just remembered there's one part where Roy Orbison's singing a song and he's got like a little war drum and all the no, dancers are dressed up. <laughs> no, no, Anyways. We'll just okay. move on from that. We're so we're talking about,
0: that. let's talk about the actual movie that people came here to talk about. Yes. Some movie about Hawaii. Love in Hawaii. Hawaii, love. Hawaii, Hawaii.
1: Paradise. Hawaiian style. Whatever Here's you say. Here's the then. synopsis and then you <laughs> can right. go off on. Yeah. If you want to give your, your yeah, summary give of the my- plot. Yeah. So Elvis is Rick Richards. Okay. Okay. <laughs> And next week, he's going to be Mike McCoy. So this is the only two times that he has like, alliterative- Mike McCoy. Yeah.
0: They sound like brothers or cousins. <laughs> Kissing cousins. This is my, co- this is my cousin, <laughs> Rich Richards, Mac McCoy, you they're like, dogs.
1: They're like comic book character names because everyone loves yeah. Like, alliteration.
0: Yeah. You can tell that the cast is slowly losing their will to mm-hmm. survive, right? You can tell that they're just like, fuck it, make it rhyme, fuck it. <laughs>
1: This is, this, is, this has, like, first draft written all over it, and they're like, we don't need a second draft.
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's go. Let's so go. Rick
1: Richards is a helicopter pilot who wants to set up a charter flying service in Hawaii. Along the way, he makes some friends, including a young Hawaiian girl and her father, romances a lady, and sings a few songs. Right. That's from the IMDb thing. So even the IMDb okay. <laughs> person writing that was like, yeah, Shuck there's it. a lady. Yeah, there's some songs. What more do you want? It's like, wow, even they've given up.
0: That's pretty much the attitude too in in the whole film. There's in this film, you know, this is the real harem scarum, if you wanna ask me, because there's a bunch of women that are just throwing themselves at Elvis with the caveat being that elvis is going on dates with them and showing them a good time in return for some good input on his helicopter business right yes and that's kind of stupid i think that's dumb but it's one of the fine, other characters in the
1: movie literally calls the four ladies when they're all like gathered near the end she's like oh yeah. quite the harem you've got there like they just, yeah. just it's right there yeah,
0: in the yeah. movie they, they just straight up don't give a fuck at this point and like it's hard for me to watch movies where they're like so cynical towards the woman too like one thing that really bothered me with this one is there's a lady that comes to work for Elvis and she ends up being i think the final gal that, that he hooks up with yes and she's a fucking pilot yeah she is a pilot she flies planes and there's a scene in this movie there's several but th- there's one that sticks out where Elvis comes in and he's they've hired her as a secretary And Elvis comes in and he's like, how's your day going? And she's like, well, I'd rather be like flying planes like you guys do. And he's like, no, you couldn't handle it. And then just leaves. I know. And I'm just like, imagine saying that to a fucking pilot.
1: And then in the third act, we're just going to jump ahead. His buddy like crashes the helicopter, right, and he has to be rescued. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, are they going to allow her to No, they don't. Elvis is like, I'll just fly it, even though I've been grounded.
0: Yeah, even though technically my license is like been suspended, it's better to let a man who has nearly killed a couple of people driving down a highway fly a helicopter than it is to let the girl do it. And like, I don't know. I, I guess I get that they're like, oh, you can't. She take well, the- she was gonna. I don't plane. know if she. Can't take the plane and she can only fly the plane, maybe whatever the fuck. It It doesn't matter. The point is they want this lady to be a pilot, but they don't wanna give her any of the actual qualifications of piloting. They don't wanna like they've included her in this movie. I don't fucking know why she has to be a pilot. There's no fucking reason why she had to be a pilot. Because she rolls up into the shop and she's like, I'm a pilot. And he's like, yeah, but you'll never fly planes in the airlines. And she's like, yeah, because men don't let women fly in the airlines right now. Sad. Yeah. It's really strange. And shitty. do you remember
1: the most and, insulting part of the movie?
0: And then he's like, well, you can just work as my secretary. And she's like, okay. Yes.
1: And then... <laughs> Yeah. Later, he's like, I got the perfect thing that'll drum up more business for us. Oh, and yeah. And he does like a sexy oh, yeah. photo shoot with yeah. her. He puts he her in a freaking bikini. He
0: asks her to come out into work early. He puts her in a fucking skimpy bikini and then he takes photos of her in front of the helicopter. N- yeah. Which I was watching that and I was like, if anybody asked me to do that, I would, except for my boyfriend, <laughs> I would slap them. Like if my boss was like, yeah, Morgan, come into work today. We need your expertise. I'd be like, yeah, okay. I'll bring my supplies bring my tools, like whatever. And then they get there and like put this on, take some photos and i was like what and they're like this is your job and i'm like man fuck you it's just sad it's just sad to see ladies of yesteryear thank you for your service you know thank you for getting through that because i'm not surprised that the mortality rate between men and women were higher because if i were alive in those times i would be i would be a serial murderer of men (laughs) so
1: shitty uh we get a rare instance of a duet. I guess we'll move into the songs. I'm just looking yeah. at notes and yeah, things. Yeah, sure. There's a, okay, there's a part early on where he's got this like drink, this big cocktail, yeah. and there's like it's got like dry ice in it or something because yeah. it's like obviously. And I'm Liquid just like, what the oxygen. heck is that? Sure. Liquid oxygen. I'm like, what is he drinking? What is that? We don't establish is it. Is it a blue Hawaii? No, it's not. I don't know no. what that because it's like a glass within a glass, and there's like some weird stuff yeah. going on. Yeah,
0: I had a drink like that one time. I, there's a spot in Toronto. Was it tasty? It was so fucking tasty. Nice. Because it, it stays really cold because it's a piece of dry ice. It's fucking delicious. Cost a lot of money though, Jesus, Yes, It was like a fucking $13 drink. It was like, holy shit.
1: So Elvis and his buddy, they formed their own flying service to yeah. like for clientele cuz they know the islands best and they can get them to the hard to reach places. Yeah. And then a bunch of shenanigans happens and he goes on multiple assignments, then yeah. he like almost crashes into a car on the road and that car just yeah. happens to be like the Aviation Bureau who's like, "What the <laughs> yeah. heck? You you gave my wife whiplash." And then so he's like, "You're yeah. grounded." And then his buddy Because at one point he grabs the buddy's daughter. We'll get into the daughter. There's a whole thing with it. Yeah,
0: take a trip with the daughter and then he doesn't fucking show up. And so the dad is obviously like, what the fuck is going on yeah our business is
1: over but then he's like oh no now i need help and then he saves him he's like okay i guess we're back to being bros because you helped me out and then yeah then all of it just works itself out so just like like i said the the first draft is like and then he goes to confront the dude who grounded him and the guy's like actually i'm glad that i'm not with my wife uh she didn't have to be with me on this function (laughs) and also any dude who like goes out to save his friend is uh, okay by me and everything's fine it all
0: just works out just Ugh. like ah oh, God, we we don't we we you know we got it's done it's done He's done, right? It's shitty. Last
1: thing I want to mention before, if, in case I forget to do it, yeah, he is sure We see him shirtless sure for like a split second in this movie. Oh,
0: I I didn't catch it. I was looking for it
1: when he goes out on the date with the girl and also the daughter tags along with them. Yes, they're all swimming, uh. and there's a part where he's kind of like he's still like under, and then he turns and he's exiting, so you only see his back, and then he's got the towel on. It I seems like they're strategically, why? I don't know.
0: You know what I think it is? I think it's because Elvis has a hairy chest. I think that's what it is. I think it's because wanna... he's getting
1: bloated. I'm just going to say well, it straight up. He, I yeah, think.
0: he was getting a little chubby. Like, I could tell right away. I was like, Elvis, you're looking a little chunky. I mean, I like that. I like a chunky, <laughs> chunky Elvis. Holy shit, man. More, uh, what's the word they say when you're more cushioned for the pushing?
1: <laughs> that's, uh...
0: that's gross. And eh, let's just yeah. move on. <laughs> Yeah. The point is, Elvis looks just fine.
1: Shall we go with the actors and then end with the songs?
0: Depends on how many of them have first names for last names, because that might take a while for me. <laughs> let's go. Okay. Let's just shoot. get into these people. You should honestly just stop saying their last names and just do the initial, and that will save us a lot of time. No. You know. You- <laughs> go ahead. Those man. people
1: deserve to be known. I don't <laughs> care if you crack names. a joke. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about his buddy, who's like the best dude in this. And I was very excited. He's handsome. Yeah. So James Shigeta, who is best known as playing Mr. Takagi in Die Hard in 1988.
0: I was going to say, I thought he looked not Polynesian.
1: Born in Hawaii in 1923, third generation Japanese American.
0: Wow. Amazing. Amazing he's so handsome yes he, he made I was, his i was watching him in this movie and i was like why can't this guy play elvis
1: <laughs> so i'm gonna i i haven't gone to this yet but i'm also gonna recommend this movie to you he made his debut in 1959 in a really cool film noir called the crimson kimono oh where he's like a sexy young cop oh my god and he is partners with this white dude and then there's like an interracial romance in this movie like a love triangle oh. in 1959 but it's probably because it's directed by Sam Fuller, who was like an underrated kind of renegade director.
0: What kind of stuff did he do?
1: Well, he would do genre pictures. So like this is a film noir, but he would always like sneak in as much social commentary or like racial things
0: as he could. Just yeah, pushing
1: the envelope.
0: This lady in the crimson kimono looks really familiar. I think she's been in a few noir films.
1: It's possible. I was going to watch that, but I didn't get the chance to because I was too busy watching <laughs> The Fastest Guitar Alive instead. <laughs> I made the wrong choice. Don't be like me, folks. Please watch this one instead if you can find it.
0: Please choose your movies with a little bit more carefulness. So anyway, about this guy, he was giving me like really big sexy dad energy you know like when a guy he's has he's a big really good arms. father. He's yeah. like a
1: really nice. He's got five kids.
0: Yeah, that's what it was. Like he they were like I got five kids and I'm like, "Oh, that's how your arms are so big and tough cuz you always got to lift your kids up cuz you love them so much." That's so hot. <laughs>
1: he's he's the protagonist we deserve, but not the one we got. Yeah. Ugh. So his wife, yeah. his character's wife, yeah, is Jan Shepard. Yeah. The actress Jan Shepard who we haven't seen since King Creole in 1958. Oh. So that's what I was saying about like this might be the most time in between appearing in two different Elvis movies. She was Danny Fisher's sister, Mimi, in King Creole. Oh. And now she's back and she's James Chiquette's wife. And it's really cool that they don't make a big deal of it. That yes. like, and that's they have nice. five kids. Yeah. And she's delightful, if, if underused. She's just there. Yeah. But I think she's the one who makes the crack about how he's like, oh, she nice does. harem you've got there. Yeah. She's like, Elvis, you, you suck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> are you running around with all these girls and just like not talking about them behind their backs and. Yeah. What did you think was going to happen when we say the whole village was going to be at this party, and then they all showed up? You fool! Yeah.
0: <laughs> she's like, my husband would never do that because my husband's Mister Shigeta, and Mister Shigeta is one hot dad.
1: Yeah. Wait. So wait. Do we say? So do we say he's he played Danny Kohana, and she's Betty Kohana? That's the two. Right. And then their daughter. Jan Kohana yeah is played by Donna Butterworth.
0: Tell us about this lady because she has a set of fucking pipes on her. Like she's very talented.
1: Yeah, here's the interesting thing. So she was born and lived in Pennsylvania for the first 3 years of her life, mm-hmm. but then she moved to Hawaii and then remained there for the remainder until her death. Wow. She learned how to play the ukulele and do the whole Shebang. Right. And she's the one who only has like four credits. Wow. Two TV things, one other movie, which was The Family Jewels from 1965, which I mentioned. Right. And then this. That's crazy. And after she did this movie, she just quit. Wow! quit acting but didn't quit singing luckily
0: oh i see She just like
1: movies ain't for me i'm just gonna you know be an entertainer like, I wonder good honor she had a phone she was smarter than elvis in that respect she yeah. knew how to get out of the game before <laughs> they would just ring a dry yeah
0: she was also like 11 years old though so i wonder if that didn't have something to do with it
1: could be both of those things <laughs> yeah. but no she's delightful she's pretty high up there as far as these kid sidekicks yeah, go. She's, she's talented. Yeah, she's not she's the worst. She's spunky. She's spunky. Yeah, she is yeah. spunky.
0: I didn't like the way they treated her in this movie. There's a there's a scene where she's like being a child and she's like playing with a toy and everybody is annoyed with her for playing with a toy and they're like, oh my god, just stop! Like, oh my god, you're playing with a toy. It's so annoying. Oh my god. When they like brought her into work,
1: I must have missed that part. I don't remember. Uh, I was just was like, it the part it was... where he's on the phone with the dude yeah, who's trying to sue them? Yeah. Okay. He's on the I, phone.
0: Like, I get it. I get. it. It, but still it's like don't be mean come on man keep her at home then if you don't want to fucking have your kids at work harassing you they always treat girls like that you see that a lot in movies and tv shows and shit like it's okay for boys to run around and play with their fucking toys and be total douchebags but as soon as a chick a little you know baby child girl is like i'm playing with toys and laughing they're like shut up shut up shut up <laughs> i just wanted to point that out
1: okay before i get to the quartet of ladies as part of yeah. rick's de facto uh, quote-unquote harem i'm gonna mention one bit part that he was only in one scene one of the ladies th- that he's pursuing is Lonnie, and then her dad is in one scene he's like hey you're gonna marry my daughter or what And he's got like the knife yeah and he's like well think it over and then he like stabs in her front of him and like, walks away yeah. that dude is philip on yeah he plays Moki kemana 187 credits, including a player like he played, Sasami Kyushu in The Karate Killers from
0: 1967.
1: Jesus fucking Christ. But he's an American actor and activist of Korean descent with over 180 film and television credits between 1935 and 1978. Pretty cool. He's one of the most recognizable and prolific Asian American character actors of his time. Wow. He's widely regarded as the first Korean American film actor in Hollywood.
0: Wow.
1: And he's relegated to this little bit part in this movie. But it was nice yeah. to like find out that there was more there. Right, yeah. There was enough stuff there that I was like, that's actually probably worth bringing him up, even though he's literally yeah. in that one scene and we never see him again.
0: So, credit.
1: But let's talk about his character's daughter. Yeah. Lani Kaimana. She's played by Mariana Hill. I found out she was in the 1973 movie Messiah of Evil. Mm. She played a character named Arletti. And you know who else is in that movie? Michael Greer, who was in The Gay Deceivers. Right. Who's delightful.
0: Michael Greer.
1: Yes, the one who's who was openly out and proud. Right. And all obviously, obviously it limited his roles, but at least he still had a career. Yeah. And it was nice. And he didn't compromise.
0: Somebody had to be there to pave the way for the rest of us, and Michael mm-hmm. Greer was was one of the big ones. So we appreciate his contribution. Certainly, I do.
1: Yeah, the, our whole tangent's about him was included in the bloopers and outtakes special
0: oh yeah so if you haven't
1: listened to that go ahead and go back and uh, (laughs) tune in or
0: don't you know i personally i and not to throw shade for any reason but i just don't like my performance in the outtakes i'm really like disappointed i'm like morgan can you just shut the fuck up and just let the man make his podcast <laughs> i think if you skip the bloopers and outtakes it's not the worst thing because it will make me feel better about myself
1: <laughs> suffice to say that's when we first brought up the gay deceivers and i have subsequently watched it yeah and it's and not it's good. Not bad it's not bad it's not good right but he michael greer every scene he's in just like brings the movie up and i'm like yeah. this guy should have been the biggest star he's just a yeah. born entertainer anyways yeah Tangents upon tangents.
0: Tangents upon tangents.
1: That is the Elvis has left the movie's way. <laughs> that was Lainey Kaimana, played by Mariana yep. Hill. Done with her. Uh, there's Pua. Yep. She's played by Irene Sue mm-hmm. She played Linda in Women of the Prehistoric Planet the same year as this. Oh. Which starred Wendell Corey, who played Tex back in uh, Loving You. Oh. And she also played Reiko in The Karate Killers. So she was in that movie <laughs> as well. <laughs> Now we have Lehua Kewana. Yeah. Linda Wong. Mm-hmm. She has only fourteen credits, and unfortunately, one of her like most high-profile things was she was an uncredited party guest in Breakfast at Tiffany's in nineteen sixty-one. Wow! But she was also in an episode of Hawaii and I, which we brought up before. Mm. The other big TV show that wasn't Hawaii Five-O that was set in Hawaii, <laughs> right? And lastly, we have Joanna, who probably gets the most out of the four because she's the one who tags along with Elvis and then yes. throws his keys in the sand on purpose, and then they yeah. like spend all night. like la- So stupid, so convoluted. Yeah,
0: it's very dumb.
1: She actually had an uncredited role in roused about. I think she was the other dancer in the showers in that scene. Okay. And then the same year as this, she appeared in Fireball 500.
0: Does she drink 500 Fireballs in that movie? No. Then I'm not interested. <laughs>
1: So the beach party movies, as you know, are on their way yeah. out in the late yes. 60s.
0: Yeah, finally.
1: And this is from AIP, the makers of the original Beach Party. Now they're sli- they're they're figuring out that the newest fad is stock car racing. Oh my god! So what they did here with Fireball 500 is they brought back Frankie Avalon and Annette Funicello. Yeah. The stars of all their Beach Party movies, and they made them stars of like a stock car racing movie called Fireball 500. And this lady is in here too, Julie Parrish. She was she played Martha in that, and it's just. Super weird.
0: Yeah, that sounds really dumb. The way studios really did these
1: things. Okay, last two people. All right. We have Mr. Belden and Mr. Cuberson. Okay. Mr. Belden is the guy that is part of the aviation bureau and then almost gets run off the road. That scene, yes. by the way, we yeah. didn't talk about it. Like the stunts that the helicopters do. Actually, and like-
0: actually scary actually scary yeah. yeah there was times there's where a part where they, there's like helicopter. a pineapple
1: field and they just like buzz like yeah. the whole workers and they're all ducking and it's like
0: yeah yikes terrifying yeah i didn't like it yeah i was watching it and i was like i'm scared i'm already scared of helicopters like helicopters are a, such a frightening vehicle to me because they're big spinny blades when they crash they like chop up the people inside and that's really scary and so like i'm watching this movie and all i can think about is like hey if they hit the ground right now they'd all die <laughs> it's just so nerve-wracking I don't like. I don't like to see helicopters do tricks. There was a scene too where like it wasn't even a really like crazy trick where it just like it went up and then swooped back down, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh my god, it's gonna crash.
1: <laughs> yeah, just, there's there's a part where it does like a, a like a controlled corkscrew kind of move where it's where, yeah,
0: yeah, I was watching that. I was like, that's not good. I don't want to watch that. <laughs>
1: they're professionals but also i know it's
0: just you know they put the dogs in the helicopter and i know they weren't really driving the dogs in the helicopter but just the thought of dogs being in a fucking helicopter made me really uncomfortable i was like i hate this i and they're like barking and they're chewing at each other they're getting all wrapped up in the machinery and stuff and i'm like this is just even though it's fake and stupid and would never happen in real life this is my worst nightmare like you could make a it war is, movie it is out of this concept pretty it anxiety inducing yeah i don't want to watch this at all
1: <laughs> yeah that's the big inciting incident almost after they've like established their thing that's what pretty much leads to everyone like being like wow your service sucks because then even the lady whose dogs it is that he was carrying that she's like what did you do to my dogs you maniac yeah. and so like everyone I is like
0: that when the dogs came out of the helicopter they had like bandages. Bandages. <laughs> <Stop.
1: laughs> well like dogs like, wrapped the up Yeah, Yeah, when did that happen? And then she just straight up takes her umbrella and just like beats Elvis on the head. Yeah, beats him.
0: I didn't like in this movie when they made the dog mad. That made me sad. I don't like to see in old movies when animals are upset. Like in Breakfast at Tiffany's, she's got that cat and the cat's all Mm -hmm. soaked at the end. And like, you can tell it's like not happy to be like, covered in fucking That's the thing. Anytime you're
1: seeing animals and you could say you can train dogs to a certain extent but like they don't know they're in a movie. They don't know that it's Elvis yeah. Presley that they're sitting there on his lap. It's like they're just there and these and poor you know, things.
0: You know in certain scenes with animals and in certain movies and in a certain time period you know they were doing something mean to get that reaction out of it. Like that dog in that one scene is upset. Like he's not happy. He's actually fucking really angry angry it's just so shitty that's the only time when like when i'm watching bad cgi and i'm like oh this cgi sucks it's so bad but if it's like an animal being angry i'm like i don't care it's fine if it's bad because they didn't use an animal and make the animal sad so i don't mind so much
1: i guess that's fair
0: yeah tangent over don't be mean to the dogs on the movie Uh
1: (laughs) so mr belden He's like, I'm going to, I am I filed a formal complaint and you're grounded. I have suspended your license. Yeah. He's played by John Doucette. 287 credits. Yes. Like long time character.
0: Yeah. That's a lot. That's almost 300.
1: He played Max in The Fastest Guitar Alive. Okay. So I got to see him twice. He's much better in that, or at least he has more to do. He's like the sheriff who's like right. after our main crew. And he also plays a sheriff in 1969's True Grit. Oh. Which at this point, we've brought up enough times, like, geez, there's a lot of people who are in True Grid that are also cool. in those movies. nice. Then the other guy, Mr. Cubberson, they're flying him. Right,
0: his alligator shoes. The
1: alligator, yeah, alligator shoes. And he's going to be flying to a convention, and then there's like a little, I kind of find gigantic, it funny. he gets
0: there, and then he's like, this isn't a convention for alligator shoes, this is a convention for people who are against alligator shoes.
1: He's played by Grady Sutton, yeah. 247 credits. Yeah. He played Everett Todd Hunter in Waikiki Wedding from 1937 which we brought up before as being the film that spawned the song blue hawaii yes and it turns out he was mr dabney one of the two in that the chicken dinner scene in tickle me
0: yes and the
1: wife gets poked in the butt
0: yes yeah
1: so he was there so we've actually had him in a elvis movie before okay that's it we're done with people
0: nice all right i guess we'll talk about the music next
1: okay we'll play a fun game okay you tell me you guess how many songs were in the movie
0: Oh God, <laughs> um, we should start doing this lot. from now on. I think. Yeah, I just, we yeah. should. There wasn't a lot. There was like m- maybe like eight. A little higher, Go- a little lower. A
1: little, little higher.
0: Okay, sixteen.
1: <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> no, there was there was ten songs.
0: I was pretty close.
1: Yes, there's ten songs. There was one unused track that was on the soundtrack.
0: Yeah, and one of those songs was used twice. So actually, there was nine songs.
1: No, no, no. I'm including. I'm including oh, the the repetition. Okay.
0: I see. I don't worry. Right. Okay.
1: Yeah, the only one... So they pulled one that was in the movie out of the soundtrack because it was the song sung by the girl. Right. It's like, if it's not an Elvis song, then what's it going to do on the soundtrack? And instead, they <laughs> re- substituted with one unused track, which we'll get to.
0: I liked her voice in that song. She had a very low, husky... Yeah, she's great. You know,
1: did a good job. So... Opening credits, we get the title song, Paradise, yep, Hawaiian Paradise, style. Then he meets up with his buddy and the kids and he sings Queen wahini's Papaya. Yeah,
0: it's a weird song.
1: It's a little weird. But they're doing a little duet, and so that's where she's showing, like, oh, yeah, I guess yeah. they're going to be the fun little duo. Yeah. Then when we established that he is going around to all these ladies. He's got like a different lady at every hotel on, on the islands.
0: Yeah. It's kind of gross, actually. Yeah. This is
1: one of the rare duets, though, because it's scratch my back, then I'll scratch yours.
0: Yeah. It's a dumb song, but the the lady performance in it, she did a good job. And it's nice to see Elvis in a duet. Because like I said,
1: it doesn't really happen.
0: Like after watching all these movies, yeah, where he's... Yeah you know, just doing his own thing. It's nice to see him, you
1: know. Especially after Viva Las Vegas, after Anne Margaret. Yeah. I was surprised yeah. that we would, they would even bother.
0: Yeah, like the sad thing too is that in music stage, I don't know what it is. It's, it's, it's not music theory and it's not film theory. It's the combination of those two things. I, I don't know what it's called. But when two people sing in unison, that's representation of harmony and like understanding. And so... When you don't have Elvis singing with his girl counterpart, it's kind of just Elvis talking about how cool he is. (laughs) It's just kind of, you know, it's nice when the girl gets up and is like, I'm into it. (laughs) True. You know. I am an equal in
1: this little routine. Yeah.
0: Some participation, you know, fucking what are you guys so scared of ladies for?
1: Then we get the song drums of the island which is the one that they repeat again at the end
0: yeah that's the that. it's okay it's, it's cool a really to...
1: nice sequence because they're on this little yeah. like canoe ride and you're just like once again the lush
0: yeah oof. it's a good song to show both the scenery to and the culture to and all this kind of stuff but
1: come on down to hawaii everyone Wow. yeah pretty much
0: right yeah
1: so last week you said that yeah. if he's driving a vehicle it had to have wheels i know But now I
0: I was gonna ask you about it because he's in the fucking helicopter and he's singing.
1: Twice yeah. he sings a number while flying a helicopter. So
0: does that count or doesn't it count? Does it have to be? Is it a motorized vehicle? Does it have to have wheels? He's got to be driving it.
1: And which he is. So I think this counts. Last week, it was a boat that he had no part in steering. There's, this is a very important thing. I, <laughs> distinction that we have to make.
0: Let us know in the comments. Where do you draw the line? Is Elvis technically singing in a vehicle when he's singing in a helicopter? does it count if he's not driving the vehicle i think it counts on the bike that's where my contention is like it counts on the bike no
1: didn't we establish in the fun and acapulco episode that the bike was fine
0: yeah bike is a motorized vehicle well not a motorized vehicle (laughs) that's
1: gonna say okay so the two songs he sings while flying his helicopter he sings a dog's life when all the dogs are surrounding him it's a shite song yeah (laughs) sorry
0: (laughs) it's actually not a bad song As far as like some of the stuff goes, you know, it's not the worst. It's just that the dogs being there, Mm -hmm, I don't like. Once again, the
1: context of a scene will ruin even a fun little tune.
0: I mean, Elvis doesn't look like he's happy to be singing around with all those dogs. At one point, he picks up one of their ears and starts singing into it. And you can tell the dog really didn't like that. Yeah, I picked up on that. And then he fucking does it again. It's just like. Stop, Elvis. You're being you're being a nasty, nasty boy. You need a spanking from Daddy Shigeta.
1: <laughs> yeah, you write your fan fictions after we're done recording.
0: So yeah, it says right here. And then he bent Elvis over <laughs> and spanked his bum bum.
1: <laughs> then he sings the song Dayton. It's yeah. a game that adults play or whatever. How are they going to uh, it? That today?
0: song was dumb. That song was significantly worse than the Dog's Life song.
1: That's when he's with the little girl and they're doing yeah. another little.
0: And she's doing a good job of singing the song, but it's an annoying, dumb song. And also, I don't like when adults and children sing songs about adult context stuff. I don't like it. Sure. Ooh, girls kiss boys and then boys kiss girls. I'm like, gross. Stop it. She's a fucking child. Let her sing about bubblegum come
1: on yeah she does have a scene where she says i'd rather have a sunday
0: yeah i appreciate that's the, that was the kind of context i was looking for and i was like yes thank you at least somebody gets it
1: then when they get to wherever the heck they're going immediately she's like Ooh, sand sandcastles and she runs over the sandcastles and he yeah. sings house of sand okay this is this was the biggest laugh in the movie yeah he starts singing and there's a dude from off screen who <laughs> yes! just chucks a guitar at him
0: and then he does it again. He yes, and it happens again because he puts it
1: down and he keeps <laughs> singing and then he comes back and then this offhand guitar dude is just ready, primed to like, here it is, Elvis. He
0: throws it really hard too. Like he, when he first caught it, I was like, oh, that's nice. I'm glad Elvis caught that because that looked fucking dangerous. <laughs> like like guitars are heavy, right? Out. Yeah. Yeah, it was funny. So, I wonder how many times they had to take that shot because elvis didn't catch the guitar
1: it was just re- it was really funny and then he sings a song and then they just <laughs> wreck the sandcastle at the end i was like come on guys what yeah
0: there was other people who was working on that sand i know the there was like five people working on that sand castle and then elvis is like boop boop doop doop stomp stomp was like, anytime
1: man. elvis and sand get involved he's either kicking the sand or he's yeah. ruining sandcastles this guy never put this guy on the beach okay
0: for a guy who likes hawaii so much he has a real shite problem with respecting the beach Get it together, Elvis. Maybe that's why they they stopped sending him beach movies because they're like, Elvis is abusing the beach and (laughs) people are starting to get upset, mainly the beach.
1: So we'll jump ahead to the the final little part. There's the big party some kind of big ceremony yeah. and little jan is one of the guests and she sings bill bailey won't you please come home yep. a little traditional fun tune and then yeah th- this was kind of fun i like the way it was shower so elvis starts noticing he's surrounded because all of the, like the four girls are closing yes, in yeah. you can see them at like different car- parts of the room and he's like uh, uh, uh. and he, yeah he grabs like the secretary lady who oh god we didn't even talk about her i skipped her whoops because i went right to the buddy yeah let me just bring it in right here then so who is she Susanna Lee she plays Judy Friday Hudson she's like my name is Judy and he's like I'm gonna call you Friday yeah. that's another thing too what the heck Elvis
0: yeah th- this, this is kind of weird because he's uh, maybe this is like an old time joke that me and Matt don't understand and he calls her a clam shucker he calls her yeah he says Judy reminds me of somebody who shucks clams and I'm like what's the joke I don't get it is like did judge Judy used to shuck clams or some <laughs> shit like is there something I'm missing <laughs> Why is Judy a clam shucker? Let's not overthink it. I almost said clam fucker.
1: (laughs) Luckily, you didn't say that. Thank goodness. The same year as this movie, 1966, once again, she starred in The Deadly Bees. (laughs) I love me a good. um, Oh
0: my God.
1: Environmental horror is such a fun subgenre when it's just like, because there's another movie called The Swarm that's very similar where it's just like, oh my God, the bugs, they're everywhere. Not the bees. bees. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Jesus, do they
0: say not the bees? Have you seen... I haven't seen The Deadly Bees. Okay, The Deadly Bees. the deadly
1: bees it's 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 one of those where you're like it is what it says on the tin it's the deadly bees you go to see this movie and there's deadly bees they're not it's no false advertising at least
0: wow this poster though yeah hives of horror the dead and there's bees. her there she is she's front and center there she is
1: yeah looking terrified oh god in bees.
0: her in her underwear for some reason yeah
1: oh yeah of course
0: paramount pictures presents mm-hmm. the deadly bees
1: oh, i like how it's labeled horror slash romance that's a nice uh... <laughs> cool
0: excited by the smell of fear they inflict their fatal stings
1: maybe in a future episode we'll give you a mini review of the deadly bees yeah (laughs) but yeah that was a british movie deadly bees because she is very british and that's fun
0: oh i see
1: she's just there and i was like oh look at that accent
0: so it's actually the deadly bees
1: (laughs) boy blimey (laughs)
0: These, these bees beasts. are bloody deadly hives of horror <laughs> all right we're done with our bad accents we won't yeah we're sorry again. for any of yeah, our apologize.
1: Our, our listeners from the uk
0: yeah if we have listeners from the uk give us a shout out hit that I'm subscribe sure. button smash that like tell button. us to cut it out
1: come on <laughs> uh two more songs okay so this is what i was getting at he sees he's getting surrounded by the girls they're coming towards him and he's like oh then he gets on stage and he sings the song "Stop Where You Are," yeah. And every time he says "Stop," the the movie the, the freeze frames, freezes, but like yeah. in such a way that it, it feels like it's like your DVD is skipping or something. Yeah. like it's weird. It's Doesn't a weird choice, good. especially Doesn't since good. some of the frames like he's mid motion. So you got like Elvis doing like argh, and, like a weird yeah. It's, it's strange. Yeah. Don't know what the editor was thinking. I like I knew what he was thinking, but he just bad execution. I don't think execution. the
0: editor was thinking. I think he was. <laughs> I think like the rest of I the think movie, he was he drinking. S- he <laughs> it for, right? Yeah. I mean, who wouldn't want to drink those crazy fucking liquid nitrogen, oxygen, whatever the heck was in those things? You want me some of and that? And then the
1: final song before yeah. we have the repetition of drums of the island is yeah. uh, "This Is My Heaven." It's a nice little slowed down. Yes. And yeah, when the, the final big like tableau of like all the people. Yeah. Or, like it's a big wide shot, and he's just surrounded by all these dancers and and drummers and. Yeah. It's quite wow. It's pretty nice. Yeah. And just like Blue Hawaii, let me say it now, this probably deserves a Blu-ray release just so I can see it in higher definition, better color. Like, it's a little washed out. They need to, you know, remaster this stuff. Right. Yeah. And the last unused track is Sandcastles, which is a different song that's not House of Sand. So I don't know if it was like either or, and they ended up going with House of Sand instead, but this is an unused track.
0: So, right. So I just want to give a little shout out, since this is the last Hawaiian movie that we'll be talking about. So the way that they portray Polynesian people in their movies is obviously kind of shite. It's not the greatest. And I just wanted to say if anybody's actually out there interested in like learning about some cool cultural stuff about Polynesian people and about their dances and about how that's associated with their culture and stuff like that Mm -hmm. one of the things that i checked out is called the mary monarch festival which happens every year and is a dance and i believe also a language competition Mm -hmm. and it's a very wonderful exhibition of dance culture and language of polynesian people and it's very competitive it's top tier quality stuff it's like the cream of the crop are participating in this event showing you their moves and you get to see all kinds of variety of dancers women's dancers men's dancers and it includes language competitions as well so if you want to see some culture like you want to see the real infrastructure of culture and what that might look like you can check out the mary monarch festival and tumble down the rabbit hole and experience the world of dance and language nice. and music yeah check it out it sounds delightful yeah i, I try to watch it almost every year because it's just it's mind-blowing it's mind-blowing
1: so out of the, let's let's do that now let's settle this here out of the okay. three hawaii movies
0: i don't like any of them
1: but which one is the least bad <laughs>
0: the least bad
1: we've got blue hawaii girls 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 and paradise hawaiian style
0: okay well girls 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 is the worst
1: yes so. easily between this and blue hawaii
0: um i'm gonna go with blue hawaii because i do like the jokes that the dad made about the wife mm-hmm. i thought that those were funny and i asked blue hawaii laughed.
1: has angela lansbury so i guess it just automatically yeah. wins yeah
0: yeah it does honestly so yeah i'm gonna go with blue hawaii because this movie didn't make me laugh i I was there wasn't any joke in here that i was except
1: for that part where the dude chucks the guitar at elvis i literally was like i went i liked that but i I didn't laugh at that that was was unintentional humor as well
0: no they actually told a good joke in blue hawaii so for that reason alone it gets to be my number one okay
1: that's fair (laughs) there we go officially i don't think anyone's gonna you know argue with us on that one that seems like it makes sense yeah blue hawaii then paradise Hawaii style then way way lower girls girls girls
0: <laughs> yeah way low think about like how low a piece of trash is when it's stuck to your foot and you step into a pitfall that's how low that fucking movie is <laughs> sorry wow i just hate them so much i got
1: so i'm gonna talk about some signage okay in this film so the steakhouse that they go to
0: i did notice the steakhouse
1: colonel's plantation steakhouse
0: i had a problem with that i was like why would you why would you ever do that <laughs> you know we know which colonel like, they're
1: talking about they're talking yeah. about tom parker
0: right they're, well they're also talking about
1: well yeah obviously the exploitation of uh... yeah
0: the exploitation of Polynesian people on plantations that's bad that's so fucking bad you know like I get that in the past it probably had a different toothsome feel to it like you know how today there are still people who are like yeah I'm gonna have my wedding and I'm gonna take pictures on the estate of the plantation of one mademoiselle mississippi georgia bell or whatever like they'll, they'll go and take their wedding photos on a literal slave plantation and it's just like you don't think that's kind of weird they're like no it's a scenic venue and i'm like it's got okay. such rich history Ooh. yeah it's like Ugh. okay
1: just so this bad, is bad the exact halfway point of this movie happens there and that's when we get the obligatory fight i was waiting for it i was like it was gonna be at the end it's gonna be and it was at yeah. the midway point exactly it's a shorter it's one it's just a little also, scuffle
0: yeah also this one is totally elvis's fault usually elvis doesn't throw the first punch i don't know if you've noticed that but this time he does one he literally slaps a man's face with a piece of steak for no fucking reason and it's just like here's your steak asshole well bam
1: well the dude is he's getting all up in judy's face and she's telling him to stop
0: I get it, you know, but you still don't go around like you got to wait for that guy to punch you because you're fucking Elvis. You can't go. He didn't have
1: patience this time. There's no time to well, wait. Well, I
0: can see that. Yeah. And
1: then a second dude gets up and starts fighting yeah. with Elvis. And that's that that's our fine. boy. That's our boy, Red West, his buddy that he's uh. always punching And he'll also show up next week and I'll I'll talk about him again.
0: Yeah, I thought that was kind of fun. I like how the chick that was with him was like, yeah, dust him off, Rusty. And then he just gets knocked out. Yeah. like, that's totally me at a bar. If my boyfriend got into a fight with somebody for no reason in a bar, I'd be like, yeah, get him, Chris, you fucking idiot. And then he'd get punched out and I'd be like, loser.
1: Oh, I just remembered. Yeah. There's a part near the end where he's rescuing his buddy and the buddy says like, I don't know if piloting is for us. Maybe we should just open a pizza place. And oh my God, why couldn't they just had a movie where James Shigeta and Elvis own a pizza parlor.
0: <laughs> Run a pizza parlor together. That would be so amazing. I would love that. Oh my gosh.
1: They would specialize in Hawaiian pizza. Like you could still play Aww. into it. Whatever.
0: Polynesian pizza. Uh,
1: factoids. Only four. Yeah. The first fact what I already mentioned was that Donna Butterworth, this was her last picture. Yes. She was 10 years old, and then she retired from movies, but went on to continue singing. Yes. And this is Linda Wong's final film as well. Yes. The one who played LaHua. Yes. So, yeah, she was like, I'm done with movies. Like I said, she only had 14 credits. Yeah. Petula Clark was originally offered the role of Judy Hudson. Oh. Which would be weird because there's no singing that Judy does. And I'm not saying, like, obviously, Petula Clark can be an actress and doesn't need to sing, but she is... A singer, and she's known for the hit downtown, you know, right. big international success.
0: Probably they didn't put her in because they didn't want her showboating next to Elvis, right? Like, that was the whole Probably. thing with a lot of the other female actresses. That they didn't want them performing next to Elvis and making him look bad.
1: And then during the production of this film yeah, is when Elvis made two meetups. Apparently, he met Tom Jones. Yeah. And Tom Jones visited him on the set. Or something. There was a the meeting at some point. Okay. Young Tom Jones like, wow, Elvis. Yeah. And then right after they wrapped filming on this, end of August 1965 yeah. is when the Beatles met Elvis oh. at his home in Bel Air
0: that's interesting what did they talk about
1: yeah, it was really awkward it was weird oh really yeah you can look up there's a there's a really good like compilation video it's all the archival like, stuff from like john lennon it, and, and paul is it mccartney
0: is trying to dunk real hard on elvis and elvis just being like
1: mm. no well they're just like elvis was like he's always surrounded by his yes men right the memphis mafia right. and they're just like it's kind of like weird apparently they kind of settled down after a while and like john and him were like jamming which sounds kind of fun ah. But George's recollection is the best because he was like already high when they got to the uh, <laughs> house. And he's just like, one of his buddies had some hash, so I was happy. <laughs> so, Also speaking of people like driving vehicles, for some reason, when they're interviewing Paul McCartney in this video that I saw on YouTube, yeah, he's just behind the wheel of a boat while they're, he's talking about meeting Elvis. And it's like super oh, strange.
0: weird. Interesting. Yeah, I think it's, you know, it is worth noting that like Elvis reached a point in his career where he wasn't very nice. Like he wasn't a very good kinda of guy, you know? You get a big ego when you're when you're a huge star. Like and he was also hitting the drugs pretty hard. I don't know. I think he was good at some sense of PR, but I absolutely get the sense that probably if you hung out for him for with a like a, a longer period of time, you'd probably get the sense that you're like this guy's not the greatest. Anyway, that's so just
1: my two Join us next week, won't you, when we keep talking about this guy. <laughs> yeah. He's got 10 more movies.
0: I mean, we still love him. I love Elvis Presley. Uh... I love his music. I love Elvis Presley.
1: Okay.
0: I love I love Elvis Presley. I I love the je ne sais quoi of his character and appeal, you know. There nobody did what Elvis did except for Elvis. Elvis was the only guy who did it the way Elvis did it and nobody else did.
1: Yeah, Roy Orbison tried and it didn't work. <laughs> it, it didn't, didn't work at all.
0: Work, yeah, you know. There were a lot of people you know, that tried, but they they couldn't get the same sound because he came from two really polarizing sounds. He came from, like, black blues musicians and country, which is a really strange mix.
1: And then even later into gospel, which was... Into
0: Motown, yeah, into Mm -hmm. borderline Motown gospel, which is crazy, but I don't know. That's why, like, I don't know, a lot of... Like, a a lot of indigenous people like me who are from... (laughs) Like an indigenous background we we love elvis we love him to bits because he was like the bad guy he was the bad boy you know he was dark and broody which was unusual for pop singers and stuff and he dressed up in crazy outfits and wiggled his hips around and did crazy sexy things like that was just the it's the greatest nobody else did it the way he did it
1: let's wrap wrap it up
0: okay all right do you have any th- final thoughts for the movie? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, thanks, folks, for tuning in to this week's very aggressively opened episode, but which somehow ended kind of softly, sadly. Can we? Can you just do the like do the beginning of the episode again so we can get that energy back up? You know what I'm saying? What did you? Oh my god! It's the most
1: Hawaiian that? <laughs> movie that ever Hawaii in Hawaii, 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 Hawaii. Hawaii. <laughs>
0: Hawaii. Yeah. Uh, thank you for joining us. This is the last Hawaii movie that we'll do. So go cry a tear into the ocean that is beside Hawaii and let it fill your soul somehow or something or whatever the heck. Anyway. Mm. <laughs> uh, yeah. Join us next week. We're going to be watching Speedway. No, we're watching Spinout. Join us next join week. Join us Remember next watching, week. Uh, Morgan will figure I'm- out which movie it is. <laughs> <laughs> join us next week as we descend further into abject madness. I am your host, Morgan, joined by my host, Matt.
1: And as always, thank thank you. you. Thank Thank you you very much. much.